0: Well, hello. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, and of course, I am Matt Williamson. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports betting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets at our self-service kiosk or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh. Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Recording this early, early afternoon on Monday, the 26th, day after Christmas. Hope everyone had a fantastic holiday weekend. I did. I'm still kind of reeling, trying to figure out everything that happened across the league. But I sure have a good feeling of what happened with Steelers-Raiders. And really good win. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there like, oh, wins are bad. We need early picks. I think there's much more to watching Cam Hayward be the player and leader he was and a young quarterback and the environment than still being playoff relevant after Christmas than... Boy, we're going to pick three picks earlier in the first round. You know, I mean, so I think this is a really good foundational organizational stepping stone in the right direction for bigger things. But I've digged, I've dug up a lot of nuggets on my own around the le, around the, uh, the internet, as well as, you know, watching the game a second time. And we're just going to buzz through all kinds of notes from the game. Um, It's kind of funny, but I always bring this up, but it broke the streak. Steelers win without scoring first. How about that? Um, Mentioned Hayward, though, but he's just set the tone. I mean, with all regards. I mean, I think starting with coming out with the the number 32 flag, but his bull rush was dominant. I, I mean, really a handful. His run stopping was amazing. His effort, his leadership, his assignment soundness. He ended up with five total pressures, uh, two of which were sacks. And according to Pro Football Focus, he had a 23.3 pass rush win rate, which is very, very high. Frankly, I thought he was the best player on the field on either team. And I had some concerns about him earlier in the year. None now. That doesn't mean he'll keep this up for the next 10 years. But um, he also finished with three tackles in the run game and two run stops which are at the line of scrimmage or below, um, you know, those were both tackle for losses. So just an utterly dominant um, tone-setting game by the leader of the football team. I mean, again, this goes back to this being a great win for me. Guys like Watt and whomever looking at Cam and say, that's how it's done. You know, I mean, that's how Cam was brought up with this team. You know, looking at some of the people that were here when he was young. That's how you turn into a leader. And you, you hand it down. Generation to generation, starting with guys like Franco. So, um, we'll see what happens tonight. I'll do all my turnover differential stuff and stats, you know, after the Monday Nighter. But three more interceptions puts you right at the top of the league. And now, it'd be nice if they could recover a fumble, but if you told me. Do you want your team to lead the league in interceptions and be at the bottom of the league in fumble recoveries or vice versa? I would definitely take the interceptions because fumble recoveries are much more random. And some interceptions, they just throw to you and you catch it and, you know, thanks. But creating interceptions is much harder to do. And this team's great at it. They're remarkably unlucky and or terrible at recovering fumbles. But massive discrepancy there. I'm curious. I'm going to look at this probably tomorrow is there any team that has this many more interceptions than fumbles? Probably not. Um, really thought the defensive game plan and execution was exceptional too. I mean, I thought watching it the first time they were doubling Devonte Adams, basically every snap they did a lot, but always basically on third down, big down and distance situations. And Pierre got that duty a lot. Like, I don't think we should sleep on Pierre. He's been very good when called upon. Maybe he's not a starter, but maybe he is as an outside corner. And KZ had the, the over-the-top stuff with that. You know, Pierre would get in his face, KZ over-the-top. And there's all kinds of numbers out there for what's this defense with and without TJ Watt. Phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're night and day. We know these things. I've told it to you many times. But I also don't think that we should just overlook that. Oh, by the way, when KZ came back, this defense took a step forward, too. I mean, he just brings something to that safety position that they've lacked from a third guy. And in this case, a second guy, because it allowed Minka to follow Waller. I mean, that's huge. I mean, I was worried with Edmonds not being in this game, but especially on third downs, Minka was in Waller's back pocket time and time again, and... They, of course, they did a phenomenal job taking away Jacobs. But I thought Waller would have played more than he did. He only played 21 of a possible 59 snaps and Renfro only played 25. That's kind of like how they were used last week. I thought this, the Raiders would ramp those guys up to a two thirds, three quarters, you know, participation as opposed to, you know, under 50%. I guess they're not quite 100%. Waller still made a great play. Um, but all in all, they took away their stars, which is hard to do in this league. And they have not done that against opposing wide receivers very well this year. So speaking of that, Steelers only gave up two plays of 15 or more yards. There was one called back that was a long Josh Jacobs run. But I don't know if that that run happens if the penalty doesn't occur. I mean, it was a face mask right on Highsmith, I guess, on the, the, off the left side then that's where the play went. So it's not like, well, well that, one, that, that, that one doesn't count. So this is crazy to me. So the Raiders had six series. They got the ball six times in the second half. They only ran 22 plays in the second half. I mean, talk about shutdown defense. That basically averages a three and out in the second half. You know, 22 divided by six. You know what I mean? So that is remarkable to me. Um, I wanted to mention Norwood. I'm sure I'll hear today, you know, at some point, what the rest of his season entails. But he got embarrassed in space. He got injured. I have a hunch that he will probably be out the rest of the year, but I don't know that. Just watching it on, you know, watching it live. Um, I really liked him coming into the year. And I don't say, I'm not saying he's a nobody, but I thought he'd step up more than he has in his second year. It was kind of invisible, but... They also have a pretty deep secondary and it's not an easy spot to get a roll. So I do think that's noteworthy. Um, this, I forget where I stole this from, but I cut and pasted it from somewhere on the internet, but I'll just read it verbatim. The, the Steelers offensive line did an excellent job slowing Max Crosby and company Saturday evening as it yielded only six pressures while avoiding any sacks across 38 pass blocking snaps. So they asked for, you know, pass blockers block 38 times Six pressures, no sacks. Um, and Kevin Dotson didn't lose a single snap in pass protection. That must be from Pro Football Focus or the ones that break that stuff down. So I, I may not agree with it to the the letter, but it's pretty darn solid. I mean, that's even if you're one off or whatever. Um, Crosby did hit the end up with some quarterback hits in this game, though. I mean, and he, he was quiet, but he had four quarterbacks hits and... I didn't love the plan for him overall. I mean, there was several instances, not a ton, but you can't ask Gentry to block Crosby. I mean, I know I bash Gentry and he's a blocking tight end, but that doesn't mean he can block Crosby and Watt and Garrett and those type of dudes. I mean, that's crazy to me. But there was a couple spots where they Crosby had some easy matchups that I didn't love. So this, again, this must be from Pro Football Focus. So on the other hand, Raiders guard Dylan Parham, rookie this year that I like quite a bit, had a particularly tough day. He, he allowed six total pressures, including three sacks and only 32 pass rush snaps. And a lot of that was against Cam. I mean, so welcome to the league, Dylan Parham. This is Cam Hayward. This is the kind of stuff you need to deal with. So I was very critical, as you know, if you listen to the first podcast I did this week, Why no throwing to the backs, all first half, zero targets to running backs against basically the worst defense in the league defending the backs. But when it was all said and done, you got 29 targets combined to Johnson, Friermuth, Najee, Pickens. So a very high, high percentage of your targets in this game, more so than most games, you know, less Gunner, less Sims, went to your four best playmakers. You know, right now, I think they have four legit playmakers. And those guys got targeted combined 29 times. Um, only eight snaps for Gunner. I kind of put a yay. you know, uh, Sims had 33. Boykin had 14. I'm absolutely in favor of more Boykin over Gunner. And certainly more Sims over Gunner. Basically everybody over Gunner. But, so I was happy to see it finally lean that way a little bit heavier. Uh, the tight end snap counts. Fryer Muth was at 55. Gentry at 29. Hayward at 13. Back to exactly as it should be. Wonderful. I'm sure a lot of that had to do with Fryer foot situation, but I was getting a little worried there, you know, especially after last week, no targets, you know, that that's not okay from Fryermouth. but he was back to being out there all the time. He should always greatly out snap Gentry. Hayward getting 13. I'm cool with too. So not a problem there. Um, defensive snap counts, but and then we'll take a little break here. There were 63 total snaps. Spillane played every play again. Bush played 21. Jack played 16. I know I don't want Spillane out there every snap. Why has Bush been cut down so much? Why is Jack hardly even playing? Can you bring any of these guys back next year? Like... I don't think Spillane's just stepping up and is the answer. I feel like it's by default that the two more touted guys just aren't doing their jobs or not communicating well. I mean, Spillane's played every snap again. Like, Oh, boy, oh, boy. Worked. I mean, the defense played great, so they're not going to mess with it. I understand that. It's just not who I want on the field in terms of snap distribution. Um, I kind of like seeing this, too, at the nose tackle spot. Adams basically doubled Alu Alu snap 16 to 9 it's clear he's the better player um and I think that everyone recognizes that and Tyson you've been a great stealer but that time that ship has sailed basically so um, we got that those nuggets and we got many more so I'll be back in a moment after a little sip here and we'll dig in about dominant defense and averaging a three and out almost on the second half, but three straight Raiders punts before the Steelers game-winning drive. Now, I thought Tomlin was playing with fire a little bit, trusting his defense as much as he did with some of his fourth down decisions, but it worked. He has a pulse on the team. I don't, um, so I'm not being critical, but certainly it worked. I mean, that's a scary way to live in today's NFL but they were beating the crap out of the Raiders offense and the whole world knew it. And it kept up until the end and it got them a win. Um, This is another thing I'm going to look at probably at the end of the season, but I found it noteworthy. And I told you guys on the last podcast, I'm almost certain they only threw the ball into the end zone once the Steelers. I wonder, are they at the very, very bottom of the league at year long end zone targets? So when the regular season's done, I'm going to look into what teams threw the ball into the end zone, whether anyone caught it or not, the most and least. I almost guarantee the Steelers are bottom five, and it wouldn't shock me if they're last by a wide margin. I mean, that's hard. I mean, I know you have a rookie quarterback, but you have to put these guys in position to score touchdowns. Um, Along those lines, you know, Pickens' role grew. I like that. Coming out of the slot, runs that skinny post for the touchdown. That's what I've been begging for for two, three months now. It's great to at least see it. Um, these are kind of Matt Canada things, obviously. Here's a, Why did the Steelers come out throwing in this game? You know The stats, the advanced numbers say, well, the Raiders are better versus the run than they are the pass, EPA, etc. But they just got gouged by Ramondre Stevenson and totally, and totally shut down Mac Jones the week before. And clearly they were leaning past heavy early in this game, which is all the stuff they worked on. That was their game plan, their script. Didn't love that. Connor Hayward, first career carry, sealed the deal. I think we want to see more of him. Maybe in the Watt role. Maybe with a carry or two a game. I mean, he's a better ball carrier than Watt. That's not his bread and butter. I'm not saying hand him the ball like he's Kenneth Walker from, you know, his Michigan State team. But you can do that. I mean, that I like that play call quite a bit. If I'm going to be rough on Canada, I got to give him credit when it counts for Hayward's first career carry. Smart player that realized, hey, just get down. This game is over. So I've been saying this for a long time. More Hayward makes me happy. And he is getting a snap more game, two more snaps a game. So that starts to add up. Um Steelers gained 350 total yards in this game. If you exclude the kneel down at the end, they had 10 meaningful possessions. Only two, three and outs out of those 10. Like, we would have killed for that in September. Remember the offense we used to watch for the first six, eight weeks of the game, a year or whatever? Three and out, three and out, ugly, penalty, blah, nothing, you know? Only two, three and outs and 10 meaningful possessions. I know Presley Harvin's in the doghouse, and clearly they need to bring in some other punter next year for camp and have a competition at a minimum, but he averaged 46.7-yard gross average and a 43 point, or 42.3-yard net average on his three punts in bad weather. It's good. Um, and remember last year, he really fell apart when the weather hit. I mean, Georgia Tech guy, I'm not saying he's over the hurdle, he's fine, but this was a step in the right direction from Harvin dealing with weather did well um pickett's second fourth quarter comeback the game winning tv td drive that was his second and his third um it was his second fourth quarter comeback he beat the colts coming back with a fourth quarter deficit and his third game winning drive of the season the saints colts were the other two so he already has 3 Game-winning drives, you know, and he hasn't played every game this season. Raiders. This is their eighth loss by one score this year, often giving the game away in the fourth quarter. They are, they love losing games in the fourth quarter. They've blown leads of 20 points to Arizona, 17 to the Chiefs, 17 to Jacksonville earlier in the season, as well as that loss that everybody saw on Thursday night to Baker Mayfield that joined the Rams like the day before. And they did get a gift by the Chandler Jones Patriot Jacoby Myers nonsense the week before. So if you're a Raiders fan or you're a Raiders analyst, I mean you really need to dig into what's going on with those situations. Um here we go. The Raiders put together a 14 play 72 yard drive on their opening possession of the game. Scoring a touchdown on a 14-yard pass to Derek Carr to Hunter Renfro. After that, they just have one more possession in the entire game in which they gained more than 20 yards. (laughs) You know, that's crazy. After the opening drive, the Raiders gained just 129 yards on their final 39 offensive snaps. That's 3.3 yards per play. Uh, The Steelers also forced three interceptions during that stretch, and they sacked three times and hit him five times overall. So, it's not how the world works. Excluding the first drive, it almost wasn't competitive when the Raiders had the football. Um, The Steelers are now 6-2 in games played by T.J. Watt. They have held six of their past seven opponents to 17 or fewer points with Watt in the lineup. Um, I don't have as many stock-ups, stock-downs, but I did put Pickett there. I thought this was a really good step in the right direction, handling weather Fourth quarter comeback. Was it a pretty start to finish? Of course not. Um, I thought Moore and Dotson. I gave you some stats on Dotson. But the left side of the line, they've had their moments this year. I'm not sure if I talk about Jalen Warren enough, but I love the energy. His his box score never looks great, but he brings a spark. He brings a tenacity as a receiver, as certainly a pass protector, as a ball carrier. I think he's a nice compliment to Najee, um, and I like the way he plays the game. He's a find. I mentioned Adams is clearly better than a Played a good game in this one as well. Um, a, a loss that I'm not sure I harped on enough for the Raiders. You wouldn't think it's that big a deal. But when Perryman went out, it hurt them quite a bit. They were very reliant on his... Veteran leadership at the linebacker position, calling play, you know, getting the plays in, all those type of things. I mean, he's an easy guy to root for. He just doesn't run particularly well. Um, Cleveland Farrell, who they used, strangely enough, like the fourth or fifth pick in the draft way back when, and he has not lived up to that. Got a lot of run in this game, 47 snaps, and I thought he played great. So, I mean, it didn't even notice when Chandler Jones was out. I think he's set to become a free agent. So, and yeah, Farrell's interesting. He's just never going to be a top five type of pick. And I thought both Raiders tackles, particularly Colton Miller, who's their best lineman, had pretty darn good games in this as well. Um, mentioned Dylan Parham, though, the guard, brutal rookie. Welcome to the NFL moment. He's a stock down. And I'm sure I could come up with others. But I was, and I'm picking on this guy, but there's sometimes I get guys like Spillane and Gunner, and Gentry's leaning that way for me. Like, when I watch him run block, it's a little overrated. Like, people make it out that he's this killer in the run game. He's okay. I mean, they ask him to do some tough assignments, one-on-one on Crosby, which is crazy. Um, I think his run blocking is a little overrated. It's just a little worse than given credit for. Like, I don't look at him and say, boy, he's one of the top run blocking you know, tight ends in the league. Last Nugget, um, as it stands right now, day after Christmas, no Monday Nighter. Not that I think Monday Nighter is going to matter. Steelers are picking 16th in the first round if the season were to end right now. And the Bears are standing alone with the second overall pick. Although Houston, who owns number one, won this week. And they could win one or two more. So it wouldn't be insane for the Steelers to end up with the first overall pick in the second round, but I think it's pretty safe to say that they will end up with the second, in which is the 33rd pick this year, which is a phenomenal, you know, phenomenal payoff for Chase Claypool, who's barely doing anything with the Bears. So there you have it. That's the end of Raiders. Uh, we will dig into upcoming opponent, whatever else. Uh, I need to get an article written this week too. Up for angles there. I'm starting to lean towards. I don't want to do negative articles after the Steelers are playing well. I'm so positive. But this inside linebacker situation to me is getting kind of dire, even though the defense is playing really, really well. So I might dig into that. I'd like to see them spend some money in free agency on the linebacker. And I don't know if Jack should be in the equation or what to think of him. So I need to think more about that. But that's something that's been bouncing around in my cranium lately. So over and out. Talk to you guys later.